Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage, while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, well, my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court. And with Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day. While also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 179th episode, Igniting the Warrior Spirit, the Seven Daily Habits of a Christian Soldier, plus live phone calls from you answering your marriage in crisis questions. So get in that cue. And please remember to give back and help other marriages by sharing this podcast. If you are getting value, give it a big thumbs up. Don't wait. Get in that cue for some resolution to your marriage confusion and our quote of the day is one we hear every day on this show but this show is so uh it is fits the show so perfectly so i had to put it on so quote of the day quote society offers you comfort but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. End quote. Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Bam. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confusion. So today's show is obviously about prayer, how important it is, and how you can get a um, how you can get started if prayer has been a hard thing for you. Um, also, we've got to understand that prayer, a prayer regimen, is the way to eternity. Um. And I really can't put it no other way than that. If we don't know God, you can never know God without meditative prayer. You can't. And what will happen is, you know, if you don't have meditative prayer, basically what we'll be taught, you'll be doing is doing vocal prayer all the time. And vocal prayer is just you talking, basically. Um, meditative prayer is how you grow closer to God. It's the second most, uh, it's the second level of prayer out of the nine. Um, and, uh, maybe one day I'll go, I'll do a show on that. But today, just for today, understand that prayer is how you get to grow closer to God and get to know him and how he already knows you. 
So really, it's not about him. It's about you going towards him. And so today we um, we go we get into what a Christian soldier really is about. And without that, man, <laughs> you hear me say Christian soldier a lot. And that's what this is. This is like as a man, as a husband, as a father, your job is to defend that home. And if I talk to guys, so many guys a year and they don't get it, they don't get it. They think I can just basically that they're, they're God and they can just do everything will work out um, without God. People say, well, Jerry, you know, God, the Catholic faith, the Christian faith, it's a, uh, it's a crutch. So, so what? It don't matter. It is what it is. Sure, you can say it's a crutch or you don't say it. I don't think it's a crutch. I don't, but a lot of people do. Uh, But see, that's what people do to, that's what people do to do their own thing. Like anytime you hear anybody talk about the Catholic faith or the Christian faith, what they're, and they talk bad about it, what they're really saying is, I just want to be what I want. I want to do what I want to do. I don't care what any, what God is talking about. I don't care what, <clears throat> what Christ is talking about. I don't care what messages the Holy Spirit sends me. I do not care. I want to do things where I want to do it. And most of the time you hear people talk bad about the Catholic faith, which is Christ's church. Basically that comes down to, I, most people know the Catholic Church is the church. The number one is the biggest church. Not just that, that it's the church that Christ left behind. And so what they're saying is the Catholic faith is too stringent. I hear wives, I have guys and I hear wives all the time. Oh, you're in a cult. Why are you talking to that crazy guy? Blah, 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 that kind of stuff. That is the same thing. They know what the deal is with the church but they choose to stay where they are. Why? Because that's another level of I can believe and do what I want to do. I can only come to God kind of how I want to. So that's why you have, that's how Protestantism got started. For you all of those of you that, that don't know what Protestantism is, it is called, it's protesting. So this is how one of the proofs that you know that the Catholic church is the curse Christ left behind. He didn't leave churches. He left a church. And so, other Christian faiths who are not in the Catholic Church are called Protestants, which means what? Protesting of the Catholic Church. So that's what that means. Um, and so basically, this is why you have Protestantism is because people were in the church and they decided, well, that ain't good enough for me or I can do it better or I know better than Christ. And they went off and start their own thing. It's called the Reformation. And so we've got to understand, though, that no matter what part of the Christian faith you're in, whether you're Catholic or Baptist or non-denominational, whatever you are, you it's it, your prayer is important. Um, the way you pray, people think I could just sit there and talk to God any way I want. Oh, God, save me. Oh, God, save my marriage. Uh, what's the other stuff they say? Oh, God, give me this car. Oh, God, please help me here. Oh, God, help me, help me. You know, that's just always asking for something. And if you say, well, I just don't ask something. I pray for other people. Yeah, but if people go, well, I pray for other people, but your prayers have no merit if you are screwing around on your husband. People think, 
that if I'm praying that God's going to answer my prayers. No, if you're separated from Christ or you're separated from God, which means what? You're in mortal sin. Mortal sin, we've got, I did a whole series on that. But mortal sins is things like infidelity. I don't go to church. Um, I stole something. Um, uh, I blasphemed God. Um, all these kind of things that are mortal sins. And then we pray. You when you pray for other people, those prayers have no have no merit. They have no benefit. The only time when you're in mortal sin that God answers your prayers is if that is what's best for what? Huh, your soul. Because if you make a plea to God, to God, please help me change my soul, help me change my life, help me grow closer to you, then you get the grace to go to that. But if you're a man and you're a mortal sin and you're praying for your family, then that stuff ain't doing nothing. You know, you have to make a deal with God that God, I'm going to come to you the way you want me to come to you. This is how you get the grace. People don't understand. People want to worship God the way they want to worship God. Just, just like confession. People hate confession. Believe it or not, there are Catholics that hate confession. They don't even go. Because they people want to come to God the way they want to, not the way God wants them to. There's proof in scripture and everything. There's proof, there's tons of things in scripture about confession that people don't want to hear it. You know why? Because they want to do what they want to do. They want to when I want I want to sin, I want to sin, and then I can go to God directly. Yeah, you can go to God directly, but here's the thing on that one. How do you know you're forgiven? How do you know you are forgiven? That's why confession, reconciliation is a sacrament, because when you go to confession, you get grace to not to not commit those sins again, which helps what? Which helps purify your soul here. Believe it or not, if you don't get your soul purified here, it will get purified in purgatory, which is what? Part of heaven. If you can't get your and then if your if your soul is not pure enough, even for purgatory, then guess what? you are introduced to Satan, which is hell. So it's time that we, as, as Christian soldiers, as men, as husbands, that we start to realize this is not a joke. This is not a joke. Society tries to get you to believe all this crazy stuff, and we fall for it. We walk outside our churches, whether it be mass or uh, a, a, a Protestant church, it doesn't matter. We walk, we're inside that church and we feel holy. We feel like we want to grow close to God. Boom, boom, boom. And then as soon as the, the service is over, we walk out and everything goes back to the way it was before we walked in. Is that love of God really? Is it really? Is that going to save your marriage? Is that going to save your family? Is that going to prepare you for your future, for your eternal future? I don't know. I don't know, gentlemen. I don't know. I'm one of them kind of dudes, man. I don't play. The, I don't play little kid games no more with God. I don't. I don't play these little kid games, that baby face stuff. I don't play those games with God no more because I understand that my family's on the line. My soul's on the line. Their soul's on the line. And here I am riding around and I don't even take 15 minutes a day to pray a rosary. 
or to pray to God. I don't, I just do whatever. I don't even acknowledge that there's something greater than myself. That's, you know what? That's kitty stuff. That's kitty stuff. If you just look up in the sky and you see this beautiful world, you know there's a God that had to be created. But see, what happens is we allow Satan and our friends and our parents and everybody else to, to talk us into some crazy stuff. Hey, you know how I can say Because I was there, man. I was there for, what, 40 years. 40 years. I'm so, I feel so bad about that, that for 40 years, basically, I was without God in my life. I, I don't even, right now, I can't even imagine that. But I was there 40 years. Nobody, and people were, you know how it is. People over your whole life come to you and say, hey, man, you want to go to church? Hey, man, you should probably do this. Hey, man, uh, let's go feed the poor. Hey, man, whatever it is that the Holy Spirit sends the people to talk to us, and we just reject it, reject it, reject it, reject it, until what? The pain gets so great that you almost have, you have nothing else. So what do you do? Pump, then you go to God, right? That's when guys come to me. Right now, there are guys, men listening to this podcast that their marriage really ain't bad. Their wife still talks to them. Their wife still kisses them. They probably still have sex. Um, they probably go out and do things together. But the marriage is like mediocre. It really ain't good. Or it's just okay. Or it might be good, but it's like, you know, it's fall faltering. They will never come to me in a million years. You know why? Because to them, huh, it's okay. If it ain't broke, don't fit, don't work, don't mess with it. Nobody thinks that their marriage can crash in a blink of an eye. And so the guys that come to me, they're married, their wife left them, their wife divorced them, their wife filed annulment, their wife don't give them sex, their wife hates them, their wife don't talk to them, their wife has asked for a divorce, and even then, the pain ain't enough for mo most of them. Ask them for some money. Ask them to do some work. Oh, man, no. Oh, no, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that. Maybe I got to think about it. You want me to pray? No, nah, man, I ain't been praying. Hey, man, you going to mass? Man, you going to church? Oh, you know, I just, oh, no, I go whenever. You know, I watch it on TV. How many times you heard that one, fellas? Oh, you, you got friends and stuff. Hey, man, you going to church today? Oh, no, nah, man, I watch it on TV. You watch it on TV? That's not getting close to God. That's just sitting there watching something. It's not doing nothing. Okay. The last thing before I move on is, you know, the Eucharist. This is why people are Catholic. Because in every single Catholic church in the world, there's what's called the Eucharist. It's the body and blood of Jesus Christ, which the priest transubstantiates into the actual body and blood of Jesus Christ. When you walk into any Catholic church in the world, there are and there is a tabernacle. Inside that tabernacle is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And it, guess what? In scripture, that is there. This is how you know Catholics do not do anything against scripture. Nothing. Nothing. So if this is why Catholics look at they don't leave the, the smart ones, the ones that really understand the faith. They know I can't go to a Protestant church because Christ ain't there. 
Christ ain't there. He ain't in there. The body and blood of Jesus Christ is in the tabernacle in every Catholic church in the world. And so this is why it's important that we all understand that. And I'm really talking to the Catholics right now. If you're one of them guys that don't take the Eucharist, man, you don't go to adoration, man, or you're a Catholic, man, you, you're just cutting your arm off, cutting your legs off, one of your legs off too. I mean, it's, it's a deep, deep thing. And remember, it's a sacrament. So Christ made it a sacrament. And sacraments are what? Those are, those are things that Christ instituted that come with grace to help you get to him, to move towards him. And if you're in a church that doesn't have that, it's very hard for you to stay out of mortal sin. It's very hard for you to stay out of sin, out of venial sin. Why? Because it takes grace to stay out of sin, which is what? Prayer and sacraments. Without those things, it's very hard to stay out of, um, of misery. Um, and keep Satan away. And you know what? When I first was Catholic and really started going to mass, I I didn't understand how people could go to mass like just on Sunday and then the rest of the week not do nothing. Because I'm like, well, darn, man, ain't no way I could do this. I'd be sitting like I'd be sitting my butt off. <laughs> I sure would. I would. So this is why. You know, I've come to know this is what we're going to go in today. Like, what are the things, how can you develop this relationship with God so that you know for sure that you're forgiven, so that you know for sure that you're growing closer to him, so that you know for sure you're talking to him, and then how to listen, how to listen when God talks back. This is the foundation of a Christian soldier, baby. This is what a real man does. We ain't playing kitty games no more. We're not playing kitty games no more with the faith, with God, with Christ, with the, with, the, with the angels, with the demons. We don't play with them like that no more. You don't. You get off your butt and you realize this world is real, that what you see is not real. It is real, but the real world is the supernatural world, and that's the world that you must prepare for, and there are stages for that, Okay. And this is why, why does Christ call us to sainthood, wholeness, and perfection? Like, why does Christ call us to sainthood, wholeness, and perfection? We are called to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. In my program, I have a, 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 men, a, a module on that. You know, because we are called to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. Which means we are to grow towards him, be perfect in the faith. God Christ does not have us do things that is not attainable. People go, well, I can't be a saint. I can't be perfect. I can't be holy. Then what are you here for? What are we here for? Who do our kids look to? Think about that. If you're the daddy and you're the man in the house and you're not trying to be perfect as Christ said, you're not trying to be holy as Christ said, and you're not trying to be a saint as Christ said, who do your kids look to? Hell, who does your wife look to? It's a big responsibility. I know it's a very big responsibility. This is why many, most men, they can't handle it. It's too much pressure. To be a warrior like Christ is a lot of pressure. It is. 
This is why prayer is so important. This is why prayer is important because we need the grace. We are here to be saints and create saints to send back to our Lord. Remember, the reason you and your wife are here is for one reason, (laughs) to create saints, to send back to God, to participate in the universe of sending saints back to our Lord, which is your children and yourselves. This is why you're here. Why? Because that's the purpose God created us. God did create us to come down here and go to work and drive cars and get houses and go play golf all the time and go on vacations and have fun and neglect him. No, we are here. This is why I don't understand women. Women are so confused. They are confused. A woman who does not want to have a baby, you need to get away from her as fast as you can. She is completely demonically influenced. Get away from her. If you if you start dating a woman and after two or three weeks, you start saying, well, hey, we think about kids. Oh, I am. no, 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 no. I, matter of fact, I talked to a beautiful girl not too long ago. I think me and my wife was at a restaurant or something. Girl was beautiful. My, of course, you know, my wife. She goes, are you married? No. You have a boyfriend? Oh, yeah. You know, you know, what are you doing? You know, you're going to have kids someday. That's kind of how my wife is. She goes right to the Catholic thing. She don't, she does not play around. <laughs> so you're going to have babies and stuff? Oh, no, babies. Oh, no, no, I can't do that. That's what the girl was saying. I can't do that. What good are you? If you're not here as a woman to do your duty as a woman, and your duty as a woman is to create children with your beloved. So you two can move, all of you can move towards God. And if you can't, if you're not here to do that, if I'm a man, I would teach all my, I got, I got five sons and I tell all of them to stay away from you. And I got some good boys too. They know how to be men. They, I would tell them, stay away from you. You know why? Because you're cancer. You're cancer. You don't even know the primal reason that you're, where you were created. You don't even know the primal reason that you're here. The primary reason as a woman, you don't even want to be a woman. You want to be a man. And dudes, I'm telling y'all, stay away from them kind. They will pull. You will marry them, and they will pollute. They are. They are. They'll put you through so much hell. <laughs> they'll put you through. And then guess what? It'll be two people move that ain't moving towards God, but just exist. We're just gonna have fun. How many times you heard a couple say that? We're going to have fun and we we believe in this and we like this. And then you look at them, they got two or three dogs, two or three rat dogs on leashes that they walk every morning together. Oh, they're so cute. Oh, they're so cute. Really? That's your life? Oh, those are our, our, our children are our, our, our kids are our, our dogs. How many times you heard that one and, and nobody tells them, girl, y'all crazy. We all just kind of go, we just sit there and listen. You sit there and laugh at them inside. And that's the true thing about love. If you truly love somebody, you tell them the truth, right? That's what you do. Holiness and sainthood cannot be obtained without prayer. Prayer pulls and unites us with our Lord. Time with God is the only way to know him. And this is why we are called as men to be perfect and perfect in the faith. 
moving towards our Lord. And without prayer, we cannot do that. We cannot be true men. We cannot conquer the world. Okay. Number two, why is meditative prayer so important? It pulls us towards God. Meditative prayer is the second level of prayer and the gateway to the other seven levels. Meditative prayer is the foundation of spiritual warfare. Meditative prayer will change your character and ignite your holiness. Oh my God. Meditative prayer, gentlemen, is the way to God. It's the way to the Blessed Mother, to Saint Joseph, to the angels, to your, to your, to your, uh, to your guardian angel. You've got to understand this. These things are powerful, and meditative prayer helps bring you there. Okay, and one of the things that will hurt you is sin makes us stupid. Okay, so when I say that. It means like when you're not sinning, you're out of mortal sin, you've been forgiven, and you on a road towards God, what happens is you start to see the world different. You start to see the world for what it truly is. That's why when you talk to a Catholic that is that is on his game, you can't tell him nothing like you can't tell him stuff like he knows he sees the world for what it is. He does. And um, spiritual warfare. A lot of times people don't understand spiritual warfare and you're, you're asking the blood of Jesus Christ to get the, the, the demons away from me and my family. And, and it's, it's a very, but it, it takes prayer is a suffering. It's a sacrifice. Most people don't know that. Well, I pray when I feel good. No, you don't pray when you feel good. You pray when you feel bad. You pray when you're suffering and when you're when you you're giving your body and your mind, your soul up to God as a sacrifice. The worse you feel and the more you pray, the more benefits you get from it, because we all kind of pray when we feel good or we'll leave God away. Well, that's that's not we, why we don't talk to God when we're when everything is great. And that's a mistake. That's like how we do our wives. Right. Well, I married her now. We're married. We're married now. I ain't got to give her all that attention. And we just kind of being, we just kind of go off and do our thing. But guess what? That's not a relationship. You know, that's taking our wife for granted. And that's how we do God. One thing I've learned in my life, I do not take two people for granted. That's God and my wife. Because that is the road to hell. That is the road to hell. And because you look up and your wife ain't there no more, it's a whole different world. That was the person you came home every day and you saw her and, and you, you know, you know, I've got somebody I'm going through this life with, you know, um, when that person's gone though, it's an emptiness, just like with God, it's an emptiness when we don't approach God, we don't think there is, but there's a gut in every man's soul. There's, I'm sorry, there's a hole in every man's gut. And that hole can only be filled by who? By God, by our Lord. And this is how, as a man, you become fulfilled. Okay? Next, next the last question, uh, why is prayer suffering a sacrifice? Um, when, we ha uh, when have we ever grown as a person physically or spiritually without suffering or sacrifice? Jesus showed us on the cross how to embrace suffering and maintain our mission as men of protection, defense, and service to our families and society at large. 
Many people think, especially men, well, women too these days because women have lost their way. But many men think that, you know, I'm just here for me, you know, and until they have a wife and a kid, then they see, oh, my God, I'm not here for me. I'm here for them. But then what happens is they're in the habit of being selfish and to get rid of selfishness is very hard. It takes prayer. It takes suffering and sacrifice. It takes giving of your heart, mind, body, and soul to get rid of selfishness. Selfishness is not something that just goes away. It's not. And so if you're selfish and God knows it and your wife sees it and your kids see it, you're like, they they don't want to be around you. They will like start shunning you. Okay. Um, and it's important that we are able to recognize selfishness um, so that we can get rid of it and grow in love for God and our wife and our children. So with our, we'll come back. We'll go over the seven, the seven daily habits of a Christian soldier. Stay with me. I hope you've gotten something good so far. It's only going to get better. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, sorry about that. Um, so really quick, if if you are someone that's having problems with prayer and not really understanding, and I really don't understand everything about it, I know I know the basics, you know, but um just know that we're gonna hit these things and the you know, when I look at these things right when I'm gonna go over, these are like kind of the basics of of prayer and and how to really begin growing close to God. Um and then someone asked me a question. Oh, Bianca. Hey Bianca, how are you doing? Um it goes, uh will you be attending the National Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis in 2024? Uh see, my wife didn't tell me about that. <laughs> so my wife is the one that keeps me up on current events because I'm so into to, to this. And and so she hadn't said anything about that. So you know what? I will ask her and I, maybe we will go. I don't know. Is it a man thing or a woman thing or both things? So it's probably, probably both, probably both men and women. So I will look that up, Bianca. So, all right. 
if you're having problems with prayer, give me a call at 313 Radical and we can talk about it. This is a nice, easy subject, nice and laid back. You know, I ain't got nothing to do with sex, nothing to do with uh oh, my wife hates me, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just nice, simple, trying to understand Christ a little bit. Okay. So uh here we go. Let me see what do I have. So again, today's subject is we'll move down the seven daily habits of a Christian soldier. Now, look, these habits must be implemented over time if you don't already have a strong prayer life. So a lot of people, guys, they 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 really don't understand what a prayer life really is. And and it's it's really it's complicated, but it's simple. Um we start out, most people start out with a vocal prayer, unless you're Catholic, then you kind of learn all these prayers as you grow up. Like my wife, like, man, you ever go to a Catholic church, man, and they start praying all this stuff and, and, and or in Latin or just in English. And you'd be like, man, I never heard that before. <laughs> it's like, you want to join in, but you don't know what to say. Well, one thing I learned about the Catholic church is, is the Catholic church is it's so vast. The faith is so vast. You could never learn everything about our Lord in this life in the church. You can't. So like me, for instance, like me, I picked a small part of the church and I embraced it, which is what? Marriage. Okay. And masculinity. Okay. The way the Catholic in the Catholic church, er, these prayers, you got to understand the prayers are proven over time. So this is why when you go to a Catholic church um, and you hear them praying certain prayers, and one of them is the Our Father, that these prayers have been proven over a millennia to work, to be effective. This is why vocal prayer is a very small part of, of prayer. It's not, it's, it's, it's okay, but it's not as effective as, as meditative prayer. Okay, we'll go over that in a little bit. Okay, um, so the thing about when you implement a prayer regimen, unless you're in like marriage crisis, it's completely different. But if you're just normal and you're trying to get a prayer life and understand how to start and and and, and really start growing towards God, you got to implement things slow. Like you can't be trying to play 10 rosaries a day because you're going to peter out after about a week. <laughs> you know, um, it's important to understand that. God is a journey. Being like Christ is a journey. And so we can't really rush it. Um, and so what you do is when you do a prayer regimen, you do. Now, you guys in my in my program, don't listen to this because then you're going to be coming to me. Jerry, you gave me all this stuff to do. And you told him today you ain't got to. Oh, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> you are in marriage crisis. It's completely different. But to, if you are one of those people that are having problems with prayer, what you do is you start out slow and then you grow over time. Remember, don't rush the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you. Don't rush God. Don't rush, whole, you know, the Blessed Mother. Don't rush it. Just remember, you you will start getting these things over time and you'll start feeling this grace and you will change. And you'll see and you'll see that things will start to change in your life. And you'll forget that it was the prayer, but it really is the prayer. Okay. 
So you want to start out slow and then you want to, as you get comfortable with one thing, you add another thing. Or like these seven daily habits, you might start out with two or three of them. And then as you get comfortable with them, then you add something else. Okay. Some people. So, oh, let me go over state in life. Okay. So let's say monks and sisters, nuns, you know, that you know, monks, uh, 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 monasteries and things like that, their whole day might be prayer. They might pray three, four, five, six, seven, eight hours a day or something. I don't really know what, what each individual does, but every order is, is different. But you know what? They've given their life over to Christ their whole life, right? So they their, their state in life is different. Right. They're they have given they have given their whole life over to God. The church is their spouse. Right. As a priest, the church is your bride. As a nun, Jesus Christ is your husband. OK, so they have given those those religious have given their life over to the church and over to God. So, yes, their study of life is different than ours. Right. We can't go and pray eight hours a day. We can't go and pray four hours a day. We can't do all of that. Right. So if you are married, so a state in life, if you are a single person, it's different if you're a married person. OK, if you're young and you're trying to get your life together, you have a little more time. You, you, you need to implement some kind of prayer in your life and grow in that. Right. If you are married, a married man. It's di completely different. You know, you got to go to work for eight hours at least. You got a, you got a wife. You got children. You got, you know, you got to do ministry. You got, you know, you involved in ministries. You might be going to visit people in jail or visit the poor. You can't sit there. Some people can't, can't sit there and pray three, four hours a day or even two hours a day. So your state in life is different. Okay. As you grow older as a man. Okay. What happens is your kids grow, you and your wife grow. When I say your kids grow, I mean they grow in age, and so they leave the home. As your kids leave the home, what does that mean? That gives you more. Your state in life starts to change, doesn't it? Right? I, I, I can play three hours a day or two hours a day now because I don't have the children. Like your wife, she might be praying two hours a day or three hours when the kids are gone. Then as you get into retirement, because you let's say you're both are still working. And even though you have grown kids, you still have responsibility with those children. You still have to, to raise your kids. You still have to be there for them. Did people think when well, my kids turn 18, they leave the house, it's over. Anybody that's a real parent knows that ain't true. <laughs> well, I had a guy tell you the other day, Jerry, they just never leave. They never leave. I said, I know. <laughs> so so, but people think the, the big mistake that people think is retirement. I'm 55, I'm 65, I'm 75, 85, or whatever, and I, 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 I'm retired. They think, well, now I get to do what I want. I get to watch TV. I get to go play golf all the time. I get to go travel all the time, do all this stuff. No. <laughs> no. Retirement is for you as a man and as a woman to grow closer to God. And how do you grow closer to God? Your prayer life. Your prayer life gets considerably extended. You have time to pray eight hours a day or four hours a day. You have that time to give your life 
and pray through prayer to grow closer to God because your your you your life is changing. You're moving toward the end of your life. You're not a kid anymore. When I say a kid, you're not 35 and below. You're not an, a middle-aged person anymore. You are a truly grown man. You are a man and a woman, and it's time to grow up. It's time to give your life completely to God, no matter how you do it, but it starts with prayer because you're trying to prepare your soul, right? We if you are 55 and over and you still have your wife and your spouse with you, you are so blessed. You are so blessed to still have your spouse with you. We all know it, but we forget it, right? So just think about it. You retired, you and your wife are together. Let's say you have a small part-time job that you want to do just to go do something, but your main thing is now is to cultivate the relationship you and your wife together with God. You are two souls. You're one flesh. A lot of times the reason people's marriages die when, when they get older is because they're in the same room together and they don't know what to do no more. Like the kids are gone down. What do we do? See, no, what you do is you take this time and you get that grace from God and you and your wife, you start moving towards God, our Lord, Jesus, the saints, the blessed mother, St. Joseph, the holy family, to the angels. You start preparing your soul for eternity. That's what you're doing. Okay. If you're like me, I'm still working. I don't know when I retire with this kind of job. I might not never retire, but what I will promise you what, what I will do is I will scale back, right? We, you know, if you're one of those persons, you have a ministry, you know, the older you get, you know, you get wore out, you get tired and you just eventually comes a time where, you know, it's time to like, let things go. And, and so you start scaling back, you know? Um, but if you're a person that, that worked at Chrysler or something, you know, your your or the post office and your life your work time is over. Well, your state in life has changed. Your state in life has changed. That's for God now and Christ to build that relationship with them. Okay, all right. So I hope you know you get that. If you if you want more on the state in life, go on YouTube and go to Sister Fidelium. Put up Father Rip. Put on Father Ripperker state in life or what is state in life or whatever on YouTube. I mean, or Google. And I'm telling you. Always put Catholic before stuff because you know you don't want to you want you want to get the right stuff. <laughs> okay. So next, um, another thing about these seven daily habits is they will change your spiritual life um, as well and and well being. You won't even know you've changed, but others will see it. That's the thing about prayer. Your 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 life will change. Your character will change. Your inner your spiritual self inside will change, and you won't see it, but other people will. Aren't you tired of being an average man instead of a superman in your own home? This is what prayer does. When you as a man stop being just like any Joe Blow on the street and you become a superman in your home, your wife sees it, your children see it, and they, they you draw them to you. They want to be near you. Or they go through your wife to you, which is even better, really. It's really even better, you know. Because you've inspired your wife to to take oath to be the mother, the mother hen, and she kind of protects you. She protects the children. I don't know if you guys have a wife like that, but man, it's awesome. It's awesome, man. Um, and and so that's what when you start to change, they change. 
Guys have this thing that, well, when my wife change, I'll change. No, that's not how it rolls. You're the leader. You're the authority in the home who God placed there. What happens is when you change, your wife will change. That's how that works. Moving towards God in prayer, suffering, and sacrifice, and he will lift you up in greatness. Okay? So my reference for the seven daily habits come from the, the free pamphlet, the free Catholic pamphlet, the seven daily habits for faithful Catholics by Father John McCloskey of the Mary Foundation. Okay. Again, the um, you can go on, there's a pamphlet, you can go on YouTube and Google it, click it, the PDF will open up, and all the stuff that I'm talking about, well, it won't be as deaf as I'm going, but it's a pamphlet that tells you what the you know what the seven daily habits are and to help you get going, okay? Again, it's called The Seven Daily Habits for Faithful Catholics by Father John McCloskey of the Mary Foundation. And if you Google that pamphlet on um, Google, you'll get a PDF, click on it, boom, okay? So number one, we're gonna get through these real quick. So number one, the morning offering. So before your feet hit the ground, the morning offering. So when we offer... The day ahead for God's glory using our own words or a memorized prayer. Okay, so me, my morning offering is what? I say three Hail Marys. If you don't know what three Hail Marys devotion is, a lot of my guys, I say three in our group, at the end of our group, I say three Hail Marys for our marriages, stuff like that. If you have not been um, curious about that, what you do is you go on YouTube. It's called the, 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 the three Hail Marys devotion. It's very powerful, okay? So that's a memorized prayer or the morning offering could be your own words of offering your day up for God, okay? So that's the morning offering, number one. Um, before your offering, um, but what has to happen before your offering is crucial. So before you give your offering in the morning, uh, it's crucial that it says, as Saint uh, Jose Maria Escrivia put it, conquer yourself each day, from the very first moment, getting up on the dot at a set time without granting a single minute to laziness. If with the help of God, you conquer yourself in the moment, you have accomplished a great deal for the rest of the day. It's so discouraging to find yourself beaten in the first skirmish. Okay. So what the saint is talking about is I'm supposed to get up at seven. The alarm goes off and I sit there. I lay there. And I, I wait till 7.15, 7.05, 7.30. And then when it's crucial, then I get up. Um, this is called the super, I forgot. It's called, um, it, they, they call it something where you, like when that clock, when that alarm clock goes up, you get up, do your morning, you jump out of bed, do your morning offering, and then you get on with your day. You don't let one little bit of laziness creep in. So laziness, what you guys is basically it's coming from Satan, okay? Trying to stop you from doing what you know you're supposed to be doing. And we, a lot of us have problems with that because a lot of us are not morning people or we don't get enough rest or we got a lot of other things going on while we don't have enough energy and stuff, okay? So morning offering is number one. Number two of the seven daily habits is 15 minutes of silent prayer. So listen, we are obligated by God, through God, from we are obligated to give at least 15 minutes of prayer a day, meditative prayer a day. That's all God is commanding of you, right? Most folks don't know that. 
and you 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 must give at least 15 minutes a day. If you're a young person, if you can't say one rosary a day, you got a you got a serious spiritual problem. If you're a man and you can't even say one rosary a day, you got a serious spiritual problem, which will then move to what? Physical problems, emotional problems, psychological problems. People don't really realize prayer stops a lot of psychological problems. It does if you do it properly, okay? So praying silently will help you begin to listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to say instead of vocal prayer, which can sometimes get in the way of this wonderful gift, okay? A lot of times, silent prayer allows the Holy Spirit to talk to you. This is why you hear, when you hear people pray a rosary for their silent prayer, because you pray it, it's a meditative thing, or people people open up the book and they open, they meditate on scripture, like you know, on the on the on the on the scripture, some um, one of the you know you can you can just say the our, the our Father, and meditate on that. You know, fifteen minutes of silent prayer is very important. A lot of reasons. Times you hear you hear people say they're praying the Rosary, and they say, "Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus." They say it over and over again. It's to allow because you get to know that prayer like second nature, and then that allows your mind to meditate on the life of, of, of the Blessed Mother and her son, Jesus Christ, okay? This is why you hear meditative prayer is so important because you're saying a prayer in the background in your head and then you're meditating on that and that draws you closer to God, okay? Next, number three, receiving Holy Communion. I talked about that earlier. The third daily habit is participating in Holy Mass and receiving Holy Communion in the state of grace. Remember, the state of grace means that you have committed, you're not, have not committed a mortal sin. You have asked been to confession and been and asked God to forgive you. And once you are forgiven, you're in a state of grace. When you are out of the state of grace, that separates you from God. People don't realize that. They think, well, I can never be separated from God. That's not true. There's two sides, evil and God. Pick one. There's no in between, okay? So we can be disconnected from God when we, the way we disconnect from God is we steal something or we lie or we we uh, hurt somebody or anything that's immortal, we masturbate. You know, you are, we are immediately disconnected from God once we commit a mortal sin. We are done. So what we must do is we must ask God for forgiveness. And the way God asks us to do that is through a priest in the confessional. That way, you know, for certain that you've been forgiven. OK, next. Um, this is the most important of the seven habits as Jesus taught. So Jesus taught, I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven which is which a man may eat and not die. I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. John 6, 22 through 65. Here is the proof in scripture that you know that when Christ stood before the people and he said before the Jews and he said, 
you eat the uh, eat. You must eat my uh, drink my blood and eat my flesh, or you have no life in you. Something like that, you know. And what happened? They started leaving, didn't they? Everybody's like, man, this thing was like, man, like like they do today. Man, you're crazy. You you're you're praying that you're you're eating the, you're doing that that uh, you're eating that bread in mass. When the Jews started walking away, the apostles stayed, didn't they? And but when when everybody started walking away, Jesus Christ didn't say, "Hey, y'all, come back." I was just playing. I was just playing. I I didn't really mean that. It was it, it wasn't a, it, it was a symbol. I was just playing. I didn't really mean eat my bread, eat my blood. I mean, was it eat my flesh and drink my blood? I didn't mean that. No, he didn't. He asked the he asked the uh, apostles, "So are y'all gonna leave me too?" See, this is why you must understand and have scripture interpreted properly. Because if we don't interpret scripture properly through the proper channels, what happens is we don't really understand the whole big picture of what the Bible and scripture and the church are trying to do. So this is why Holy Communion is important. Holy Communion must be transubstantiated by a priest into blood and the body. Then that is in the the uh, and then that sacrament is given to the laity, to the people, okay, to the body, okay, and that once once a, once a person partakes in the Eucharist, they are given grace. The power of God comes into them, and they are given grace to become what to help them become holy because Holy Communion is a sacrament. Okay, so that means what. Holy Communion means what? In order to get Holy Communion, you got to do what? You got to go church. So what this 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 one is, number three, is holy receiving Holy Communion, communion means I got to go to daily mass, okay? 15 minutes of spiritual reading, okay? This should normally consist of systematic reading of the New Testament to identify ourselves with the words and actions of the Savior. Only by enlightening our intellect can we apply spiritual truth to our actions. Guys, Please understand, the faith is a faith of intellect. The Christian faith taught properly is a faith of intellect. That's why the Catholic faith, people don't like it because it's it's an intellect. It's intellectually, intellectually, you know the get to you know you to know God, and to know the knowledge of Him through study, and then you get to know God, and then what happens is you are given the wisdom of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and you understand and you see. Okay, and so people who depend on their emotions to come close to Christ will eventually lose Christ. People again, <laughs> hear me. People who who use their emotions to grow close to Christ will eventually lose Christ, because what happens is God is very all knowing. What He will do is He will allow you to come to Him starting out in the, as a baby, as a baby face. So baby face is what is is the hooping and hollering every Sunday. Hooping and hollering every Sunday. And then what God will do over time is he'll strip that emotions away because he know what draws us as humans. So that's why he allows us, he fills with all this love and all this mercy and all this goodness. And it feels so good at first when you become, when you become a, a Christian, when you become a Catholic, you, it, it feels so good. But then over time, what happens? It starts to go away. So what a what do, what do Protestant churches do? 
every week they have all this hooping and hollering and trying to ignite emotion. But guess what? That will leave. It leaves. That's why people hop to different churches. Well, that pastor, I don't feel him no more. So I'm, I'm going over here. Then they go to another church, another church, another church. This is not how the faith is supposed to be done. It's, it's, it's intellectually. We learn the knowledge of God through our intellect, which means what? Our will. We pray even though we don't feel like it. We go to mass and church on Sunday even we don't feel like it. We get up in the morning and do our morning offering even we don't feel like it. We pray a rosary even we don't feel like it. You see what I'm saying? It's the will. It's the same thing you do when you go to work every day. You know as a man, if I don't get up and go to work, I'm not going to eat. So what do you do? Your will says, hey, man, you better get your ass up, go to work. <laughs> right? Right? So what do you do? You get up and you go to work because I ain't going to eat. My wife ain't going to eat. My kids ain't going to eat. It's the same thing in the face. You got to go to work even though you don't feel like it because if you don't, you won't get the fruits. Same with the faith, with God. God brings you in as a baby because we all are babies when we first come to the, it's called, I call it baby faith. You come in and God fills your all this emotion. Then all of a sudden, as your spiritual life grows and you grow, you get more, 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 God starts to pull that emotion away to see now, do you really love me? You said you love me? Prove you love me. There's no emotion now. Now what you going to do, ch my child? What are you going to do now? This is how you guys have got to understand the Christian the Catholic faith. It's a faith. The Catholic faith is a faith of intellect. The reason why is because you must use your will to grow closer to God. Emotions don't work after a while. Another proof, St. Uh, uh, Saint, um, what's her name? Oh, my goodness. St. Um, oh, my goodness. Anyway. I hate my how this happens, but um, she she called the darkness of the soul. She ordered her diary and stuff, and she felt the last twenty years that God was not present in her life. So, but what did she do? She kept praying anyway. She kept worshiping God anyway. She kept going. She kept going and kept going. Look at old girl that started EWTN, Mother Angelica. She got. She was the, the voice of that network. That thing is all over the world. For her last 10 years or something, she couldn't talk anymore. So she couldn't do her ministry. But what did she do? She kept praying. Because God does not allow anything in our lives that does not what? That does not help our souls. It's all about souls. It's all about getting our soul correctly. And well, he will do whatever it takes to draw us to him so that we prove that we love him. Why? Not because of his ego, because he knows if, if you prove you love me, you will be in heaven forever and eternity. Your soul will become pure. Your soul will become light and you will deserve to be with me. This is why I was getting on women earlier, because they don't understand the big picture. The big picture is you have the blessing and the greatness as a woman to participate in a godlike act of creation, and you reject it, which is what? You have been taken over by Satan. Boom. Okay? So 
Our intellect can we supply the truth. Only by enlightening our intellect can we apply spiritual truth to our actions. As St. Jose Maria wrote, for the modern apostle, an hour of study is equal to an hour of prayer. When you learn of God, when you when you start getting your intellect into God through the scripture, through writings of the popes, through writing of the saints, all, what has to happen is that's that's equal to prayer. Beautiful. Number five, pray the Angelus. The fifth daily habit takes but a few minutes. It consists of pausing in the midst of our daily activities of noontime to pray the Angelus to our Blessed Mother. The Catholic custom come, goes back many centuries. If you are not familiar with this prayer, you can find it online at catholiccity.com. It is a wonderful way to address our Blessed Mother every day, just as any good child remembers his mother while meditating on the incarnation and resurrection of our Lord. Another thing that everybody must understand is the saints always lead us to who? Christ. So anytime you play a Pray a prayer, a pray, pray a prayer involving the Blessed Mother, which the Angelus, like like he said, is meditating on the incarnation and resurrection of our Lord. You hear it again; it came up again. Meditation, meditative prayer, is so vital to our spiritual life. Okay, every time you hear about the Virgin Mary, the Blessed Mother, it's always in reference to her Son Jesus Christ, because she draws us to God, just like in my family. And my family, my wife draws my kids to me. Okay, that is the job of the wife, which most women do not even get that. That their job is to nurture the children and nurture the husband and nurture the home and draw the children and herself to her husband, who then leads them to our Lord. This is what the Blessed Mother does every single time that you ignite a prayer with her or any saint, they are mediator. They are mediators that go from you to the saint, like St. Joseph or St. Paul, to God, to Christ, all right? You've got to understand that, man. It's beautiful when you think about it. Another thing people don't understand is Catholics praying to saints. What that means is what? Yes, People ask other people to pray for them all the time. Now, this is to be real about that. You ask somebody to pray for you. Man, that person could have could have killed somebody last night. And you ask that person to pray for you. Don't get me wrong. I understand what you're doing. But what are the reasons we have saints and the Blessed Mother and our guardian angel? It's to what? They're holy. They're saints. They have been, they have been given. They have been um, open to, they're open to God. They have given they're given special powers through from us to them. So would you have would you rather have Saint Joseph pray for you, or would you rather have Jerry pray for you? Come on now, come on. Would you rather have the Blessed Mother petition her son to give you what you're asking for in prayer, or would you rather have you know Donald Trump pray for you? You know, come on. You hear what I'm saying? Okay. All right. Almost done. Number six, the Holy Rosary. Pray the Holy Rosary. The benefits of the rosary are life-changing and defy description. Here's what St. Louis de Montfort, the greatest apostle of the rosary, taught. Another thing you guys got to understand about the saints. 
the saints are given their like mystics. Some are all the saints have different. They have different um, specialties, I guess. You know, um, and some saints are specialized in like like Saint Thomas Aquinas. You know, he his the, he did the um, he has this a million over a million words that he's got that what all the priests use to when they go through seminary they study him okay god gives the saints certain powers so when you hear a saint talk and and through their journal or through their writings or whatever this is coming through god and how do we know it's coming through god because the church has researched it that's another thing that the catholic church has been done for two thousand years you just can't say oh there is a miracle over here the church sends a the church sends a team of priests to investigate a miracle. Okay. That's what that's how you come. So when a saint, if when a church beatifies somebody or or makes them a saint or whatever, then what that means is the thing they, they research all of their writings, every word they've ever written. And if it goes against God one little bit, they ain't a saint. And they have to have miracles that were done through their teachings and stuff like that. Okay. All right. So the rosary, here's what St. Louis de Montfort, the greatest apostle of the rosary taught. If you say the rosary faithfully until death, I do assure you that in spite of the gravity of your sin, you shall receive a never fading crown of glory. Even if you are on the brink of damnation, even if you have one foot in hell, even if you have sold your soul to the devil, and even if you are a heretic as obstinate as a devil, sooner or later, you will be converted and will amend your life and will save your soul if, and mark well what I say, if you say the Holy Rosary, which means pray, if you pray the Holy Rosary devoutly every day until death for the purpose of knowing the truth and obtaining contrition and pardon for your sins. This is how powerful the rosary is. It is through our Lord's mother. People who do not understand the blessed mother, your mother and your life is important. This is God's mother and she is God's mother. Why? She birthed him. God is not stupid. He does everything God does is for a purpose. The blessed mother always leads us to her son. This is why you pray the rosary. I'm telling you, it changed my life. I can't express to you what the rosary has done in my life, in my marriage, in my family. And you won't even know it until you start doing it. Like he said, you'll pray the rosary and you even if you got one foot in hell. Eventually, if you pray that rosary every day, you will convert and love God, and you won't want to offend God. This is what this is all about. When we sin, it offends God. So what do we do? We don't want to do that. If we love him, you say you love him, so how can you keep offending him? One of the most powerful tools in the history of the world is the rosary. You want to be on fire? A lot of people say, Jerry, you so on fire for God. You know, I'm. this ain't Jerry. This is the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, it started with the rosary. I've been on fire for God for probably 20 years now. I ain't changed. I'm the same. I'm the, I, I'm like this all the time. I'm telling you, if you are a husband and you are a father and you are a man, even if you are a single man, 
and you want to change your life, become a better man, you go and you go and you pick up a rosary, you get it blessed by a priest and you start rocking and rolling. Number seven, examine your conscience daily. The last one. Okay. The seventh habit is to make a brief examination of, of your conscience before bedtime. Find a quiet place up, up then call upon the Holy Spirit for insight. Take a few minutes to go over your day in God's presence. Ask if you behaved as a true child of God at home, at work, and with your friends. Okay? Examination of conscience is holy. It's important that we understand that we... Throughout the day, if we offended God, what we do make amends. We ask God at the end of the day to help us to not do that again. Okay. The faith, look, gentlemen, the faith gives us plenty of things to help us to become better people, to become true men, to become authentic men, to become better husbands. But we got to use it. We got to use it. Okay. These seven things are start. Don't try to implement them all seven at one time if you don't have a prayer regimen. If you do have a prayer regimen, then you can implement these if you already are not doing them, if you like. But if you don't have a prayer regimen, start with one or two of these things and then keep going and you'll see your spiritual life, your daily life, your your psychological life, your emotional life, all of it will change. You will start to see the world for what it truly is. You will start to see God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ for who they truly are. You, we become enlightened on the world and the universe, and it's a beautiful thing if you use it. Bring it all together. St. Thomas Aquinas says, if you do not pray, you will not be saved. A prayer regimen is the most important thing in your life. Without it, you will fail, you will fall. You will be susceptible to the depths of hell brought upon by Satan. We men are responsible to defend our homes from the demonic. And how can we combat Satan without prayer? The answer is we can't. Sure, your job is important, your car, your house, your wife, and kids as well. But without our Lord, these things in the end mean nothing. Remember, we must prepare for two futures. Future one is our old age. Will we be alone in a nursing home without love, family, and friends? Future two is our eternity without, with or without God, which means our souls must be in order and prepared to meet the judgment of our Lord. And how can we do this if he does not know us? Ignite your warrior spirit for Christ and pray, God love you. Bam. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, and CatholicAlpha.com. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's 
SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider... Marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, all right, gentlemen. Look, as we leave today, I understand the faith can be complicated. The faith can be laborious. It can. But these things that we talked about today, they're a habit. That's why they're called habits. Once you do something for like 21, 22 days and you implement it in your life, it becomes easier. Then once you stop doing it, it's painful when you stop doing it, right? That's what habits do. That's what virtue does. That's what virtue is. It brings you to holiness. And believe it or not, a lot of people say, well, I'm not trying to be holy. Well, that's a mistake. That's the way of hell. That's the way of the devil. Talk to you, say, look, yeah, you don't want to do that. Man, you don't want to do that, man. Play that video game one more hour, you know. And all I'm asking for you guys is I'm not saying that I'm this great, whatever. What I'm asking you to do is consider what I've said today. Consider it. Implement it in your life if you can. And take it slowly and allow the Holy Spirit to do his job on you. If you're here listening to me, that means you have pain in your life. Some kind of pain. And the way to get rid of pain is to be illuminated, let the Holy, listen to the Holy Spirit and be illuminated on what to do. All right. So thanks again for you guys hanging out. I'll see you tomorrow. And as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, which states, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang!